Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. tonight due to some internet issues, but anyway, this is the Yellow Card Podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Keith Kokinda, glad you could join us tonight. Yellow Card Podcast is brought to you by Global Scarves. You can follow them on Twitter, at Global Scarves, so happy to have them as our sponsor. We'd like to let you know, also got a new re-air time as well for this, uh, Friday, 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Happy Hour Network, courtesy of Nikki X Sports Radio. Uh, glad you could help us out with that. You can find them here also on blogtalkradio.com forward slash happy hour network. So we've got, uh, I'm just uh, running the show solo tonight. Steven is away on uh, with his father on a little vacation trip. Uh, I wanted to thank him for uh, letting me uh, take charge here. Always a dangerous idea. No, just kidding. But uh, we got a number of things we're going to talk about this evening. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team going into CONCACAF uh, qualify for next year's World Cup, and a few issues both on and off the field with them. Columbus Crew, in case you didn't hear, got a new logo uh, last week. Uh, we talked about that. Some crazy results in the Euro qualifiers. Uh, last week, uh, uh, speaking of national team, uh, tonight the USA plays Honduras in a friendly, and of course Landon Donovan played his final match for the national team last week. We will talk about that as well. And uh, and Bolt Wanderers got a new manager, Neil Lennon, the former Celtic boss, taking over there. And uh, we'll start off by bringing Matt Hoffman on the line. Matt uh, calling us now from his uh, now his home in the great Pacific Northwest. Matthew, thanks for coming on. Glad to have you on. How are things up there in uh, the Northwest so far for you? Thank you, Keith. Uh, hey, great to be here. You know, today's an exciting day. I um, I um, was at the uh, Timbers Conference earlier where uh, they announced uh, the formation of T2, their uh, USL Pro yes. team that shall be starting in the, right. next, in, uh, the 2015 season. Yeah, and then, of course, on the heels of that, um, the uh, sale founders also announced that they'll be having a uh, USL Pro team as well. So, uh, you know, on top well, of everything else going on, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, there's no way one's going to let the other out duel. <laughs> That's how deep this rivalry right. goes after 40 years. <laughs> so Anything you can do, I can do better. Exactly. It's got to be great up there now that now that you're not uh, that you're actually there and you're not on the way up there as you were last time we talked to you a couple weeks ago. Right. <laughs> um, now, well, now that you've got you, 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 again, it's only been two weeks, but now that you're in the midst of it, you've had a chance to get into the culture and everything else. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you seeing as far as that 
that you're seeing now that you're close up and in the midst of it that maybe you didn't necessarily realize when you were down the coast of California? I didn't realize how loud the supporters are. I mean, you can always kind yeah. of hear them singing and chanting during games, but, you know, they're really loud. Uh, I, I don't really know how they're able to – they really seem to do a great job, really. Uh, you can really hear the announcers, and you can really, you know, you can kind of hear the chants and stuff, but, boy, they're loud. I mean, they're really loud. The technology they must have is amazing. Um, you know, um, and listen, I mean, I, I don't mean to put down Chivas USA because, you know, I, I, I owe a lot to them. I had a great time. I'm, I'm still friends with all the players and staff there. But, you know, um, they're drawing like 3,000 people per game. And a lot of those people are, you know, free tickets because, you know, it's, it's, it's a team that's, you know, for the most part dead right now. Uh, and so coming to that to Portland, you know, where they have – I, I wouldn't really say tailgating because it's not, it's not like a parking lot. I mean, it's, it's in the middle of downtown. Uh, there's light rail there, but I mean, it's just, I mean, the, the, it's almost like a block party. The games, it's almost like, like, it's almost like football in that it's an event, you know, like they can't just cancel a football game because there's so many people there. There's so just so much services, so much, just so much going on there. It's, 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 it's a lot. It's, it's really surreal. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned about the pregame with the, the the block party, as you called it. You know, here you know here in Columbus, uh, Cruz Stadium is at the Ohio Expo Center, which is the Ohio State Fairgrounds. They built it at the north end mm-hmm. of what was a, a parking lot. Uh, it was just it was mm-hmm. the site of a Lola auto parts abandoned warehouse. I've got video of what it looked like back in the late mm-hmm. '80s, long before MLS was even conceived of, and. A lot of people tailgate out there. Of course, Columbus, you know, the Ohio State football fans, they're mm-hmm. big on the tailgating. You know, people sure. have it. But mm-hmm. what a lot of people talk about is the possibility, a lot of people, one of the things they advocate for bringing a new stadium, a lot of people want to have a new stadium built downtown in the arena district next to the arena where the mm-hmm. Blue Jackets play and also with the Clippers uh, AAA baseball team there. But the thing is, mm-hmm. you lose that tailgating thing, and, and they, but everybody says, mm-hmm. well, they want to be there to make it an event uh, for us. So you mm-hmm. go through all this other stuff. And I'm not so sure you know, in, in the, if that would necessarily be the best thing uh, in, in, the, in terms of what the, the, how the soccer phase does things. I, real, I realize, I know, these people are 20, 30 years younger than me. They're the urban hipsters and all that other stuff. <laughs> so I just wonder how, you know, like I said before, if the word hip is involved, chances are I'm not included. Okay, that's, I understand that. <laughs> I'm not, I've never been, I have, yeah, I've never been hip. I've never been cool. It's that simple. And, but I just wonder, what is it like, I, you know, you know, England, of course, they all go to the pubs before the gates because they are in the middle of the city. But right. what is it like there with, mm-hmm. with instead of having the tailgates, as you said, having the block party? Do you think something like that would be uh, suitable to, to a place like Columbus, maybe? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, um, when, I, when I was covering the Galaxy, uh, I, I was able to, between um, what uh, they had a game against, uh, I think it was against Portland, and, and then the USL pro team, the Los Dos were playing, and between that, uh, Chris, uh, Galaxy President T- Chris Klein and uh, Bruce Arena had a, a meet and greet with the season ticket holders, and um, you know, and, and they're able to ask all sorts of questions. And the and the uh, the question that got the most applause was, when can we do tailgating? When can we do tailgating? So because they share a campus, the StubHub Center, formerly a Home Depot Center, shares a campus with uh, California State Dominguez Hills, they have restrictions, yeah. which means they can't do tailgating. 
And right. that that was a huge question there. And it's really cool. It's just so cool. You 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 can just come up to people and talk to them. They're all wearing the Sounders stuff. Um, now I didn't come. I came. The match I came to was a Wednesday game against San Jose. Um, so not really a lot of away support. I have to imagine when the Seattle people come, uh, you know, or or the Vancouver people, it's going to be a bit more, you know, chaotic. But you sure. know, it's just this very cool thing because you know it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat or, or whatever. You if you know you're wearing the colors, people are just you know happy to see you, happy to have you there. It doesn't matter if you sit in the north end with the supporters or, you know, you kind of sit on your butt at the on the outside the south end. You know, it's it's just a very – it's, um, I don't know, maybe Woodstock, but without all the acid. <laughs> that's a good thing, believe me. So, yeah, and, 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 it's, 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 and it's great that you mentioned that with the supporters' culture and them welcoming each other like mm-hmm. that. I, that was something that was always great – Back in the mid 1980s, when I was heavily involved uh, with the booster post for the uh, for in the original Major Indoor Soccer League, it was something we always did, mm-hmm. especially you know, when there were teams plus saying, yeah, Cleveland, Buffalo, Pittsburgh on a triangle. We always sent hundreds of people to all these games, and especially Cleveland mm-hmm. Pittsburgh was always a big rivalry. But we always got along mm-hmm. very well, and I know I know with Seattle and Portland, yeah. they do something that we used to do back in the day. In the fact, the supporters clubs they'll get they'll get a couple teams together and they'll have their own game. At points, which I think is what yeah. I always love, which I always love doing. Absolutely, and so so it's great to see that, and especially as you said, from mm-hmm. a uh, you know a societal, cultural, political aspect, it, it, it's one of the things that that, that you got to love about sports. And I like to, I would like to continue to continue to see is you know once once you get inside, once you're in the stadium, once you're part of the atmosphere, all that other stuff that you believe in, follow whatever. It's irrelevant. It's all about your club and winning that game. And, it's, yeah. and it, you know, the other stuff should not matter. Yeah, you're going to have wide leaders. You get any, uh, that many people together, you're going to have a lot of ranges of opinions and religions and cultures, where they came from and all that other stuff. But in in the context of that, none of it should matter. You know, you, you support <laughs> your team, and that's and that's and that should be the end of it. And that's you know, it's it's one of the things I you know I say in my well, Sports and politics wouldn't mix. Well, I know they do mix sometimes, and it's going to happen. But it's just, it's all, it's just great to see that even if you're supporting opposite teams, you can come together mm-hmm. for your team, whether you're on the road or at home, and that's your cause for that those two or three hours. Right? And everything else gets put aside. You know, the guy next to you, you say you might go to different churches, you might vote for different people. Uh, you know, whatever the case, you would support different uh, causes, whatever the case may be. But in the game, in the kind of game, it does not matter, and that's and and you see that in these kind of rivalries, especially. So, Keith, and can so I ask you a question? Also, yeah, go fire away. Well, so you know, so I grew up in Portland, and you know, for me, this is you know, I mean, the Timbers were a team in 1970. They, they formed. You know, they're in NASL. So, you know, so when I was a kid, like, I played on the Timbers team. I mean, so so the Timbers have kind of been around for a long time. Cool. But, you know, oh, the, yeah, I know, but the whole I know Cascadia guys thing. I played for the original team. That's cool. Um, but, you know, yeah. so, you know, Major League Soccer, though, started in 1996. And they didn't have any of the Cascadia teams. And it seems now, you know, and, and, and this is just from my perspective, that, like, once – 
you know, when Seattle came in, that was huge. And then when Portland and Vancouver, MLS really seemed to be like, oh, look at Portland. They're doing so much great stuff. And I got to wonder, like for a person to you, you know, you've been through the dark days of MLS. Does it kind of, I I don't know, irritate you, like all the tension that Cascadia people get? No, it doesn't bother me at all. They've earned it. You know, they've gone through, as you said, these two clubs, and all three of them have been around for 40 years now, okay? They've gone Mm -hmm. through a lot to get to this point. All the leagues they went mm-hmm. through, the changes in the North American soccer culture, the, the, you know, it was it was dead at one point. We had the NASL mm-hmm. dying, and then we had a great stretch of the 80s where the only thing we really had going was the major North soccer league, and they kept going in small leagues. So no, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be those, these, those people, have, these people have stuck with all three of these clubs. And, and the players, too. Good Vancouver. You know, Carl Valentine mm-hmm. played for them in the North American Soccer League days as well as for the Canadian National Team and for uh, West Bromwich Albion in the old first division. He's still there as a, as a club ambassador assistant coach. So I don't, I don't begrudge them an inch. I think it's wonderful what they've done. I think MLS was smart to take them in and embrace what they've been embracing the names, bringing in those names, letting them keep their history and stay attached to the past. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. I, I don't begrudge them at all. I don't, I mean, I know, you know, Stephen obviously, you know, has his opinions on the matter because mm-hmm. of who he supports in the rivalry, but mm-hmm. believe me, I don't fault them at all. This is something they've done. They've, they've earned the place they got. Okay. You know, if they, if they mm-hmm. hadn't done the things they did, during those dark days in the 80s and into the early 90s, they wouldn't be packing those stadiums with all those people. You, you look, there's other clubs in MLS still trying to get half of what Seattle gets per game. You know, even the crew. I mean, the crew attendance is up almost 5% over last year, but it's still not quite where it was the first couple of years Crew Stadium was open. So, yeah, no, not mm. going to begrudge them in the least. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. just just a couple of the plug time, and again, this is the Yellow Card of Podcast on Blog Talk Radio. He's Matt Hoffman uh, up in Portland now. Uh, I'm Keith Kilkinda. This is the uh, Yellow Card of Podcast. Again, it's sponsored by Global Scarves. Uh, you can find them online at Global Scarves on Twitter and also globalscarves.com is their official website. Uh, didn't want to mention, since we weren't on last week, uh, of course, this is October. Of course, the big thing is, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month at MLS. Is getting involved. Mm-hmm. You see guys wearing big home team goalkeepers are wearing pink kits, which I'd love to get my hands on one, by the way. So Dan yeah, Gormont, cool. you're listening. <laughs> but, uh, we certainly, and the pink, we uh, the nets are pink, too. Yeah, exactly. They've got pink gold nets, too, which is which is great. And I wanted to make sure to uh, let everybody know that we certainly encourage uh, you to support whatever breast cancer charity or foundation you choose to support. You know, it is kind of personal for me to my mom last week. Uh, did have breast cancer surgery. She's doing very, very well. It went great, went smooth, no problems at all. Oh, that's uh, good. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. my God, that's scary. Yes, thank you. So I just wanted to make sure I give a shout-out to her, as well as Shelly Smith at ESPN. She's also uh, fighting breast cancer right now. Uh, she was gracious enough to get in touch with me after I tweeted about it last week. I mentioned her in my tweet, and she contacted me directly and offered her encouragement and support as well, so I wanted to make sure... I shout, gave a little shout-out to her as well. Now, let's move on to the national team. Again, they're playing a friendly against Honduras tonight. But mm-hmm. Last week, of course, was the final game uh, in the national team for uh, Landon Donovan. Uh, now, I want to get your thoughts because you've been out there seeing Donovan 
for quite a while. Play, he always played for LA Galaxy, but you know, a lot mm-hmm. of things have been said about him. And yeah, you could actually perform the show, and I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up again. Yeah, yeah. The numbers show as far as goals and assists, he's number one all time in U.S. national team history. Yeah. And yeah. you yep. can argue. To me, you could have an argument on whether or not he's the best American player of all time. Certainly, he's in the top five. And certainly, if I'm picking an all-time mm-hmm. American eleven, he's in. There's no question about that. Whether he's the best or not, you can discuss for a while. But my mm-hmm. Well, that's it's so hard in soccer. It just doesn't. It just doesn't lend itself that debate very well. That's true. You, it's Sorry, really point, but <laughs> That's okay. Go yeah, jump in whatever you want. But to me, I think something is without argument is that he is the most important American soccer player of all time. And I say that not show. And this is not anything disrespectful to anybody else, such as a, a Walter Barr, the late Harry Keogh. A Chef Messi, mm-hmm. a Kyle Rowe Jr., or a Rick Davis, Paul Kellogg, anybody just want to throw in that discussion. They or or Mia Hamm. Mia Hamm on the women's side, yes, certainly. Or Michelle Akers, even before her. Michelle was one of the first prominent American female players. Certainly, they all have, and their place in American soccer history are very, very secure. You're not going to get any argument mm-hmm. with that. But I think Landon is a, a, a little bit above all of them. And part, of, and I mean, part of it is a bit of a black part of the time he came in when MLS was just getting started and into into better years of recent time. And certainly uh, the, the success of the national team, although he had he had so mm-hmm. much. But you can't fault that. that. Well, he has to control but, the timing. <laughs> no, oh, I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying there are circumstances yeah. that are different today than they were, say, even 20 yeah. years ago or 30 years ago, whether it be oh, the media, absolutely. social media, whatever the case may be. But I. He, oh, I think even five years from, ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, five years ago. I, I, when you look yeah. back at, at how things have changed in those respects, uh, certainly it's different uh, than it was, say, you know, certainly in the 70s when Kyle Jr., Rick Davis first came to prominence. Uh, they were different kind of players, obviously. We were still building, I, I get, we were like, it was like American soccer was like a team we built from the back. You know, the first terrific goal, American players when the boom started in the 70s were the goalkeepers, guys like Shep Messing and Alan Mayer, uh, Arnie Mauser, people like that. And we slowly worked our way forward. And, uh, but, you know, we, you know, you got to a point, where, but it got to a point where Landon was able to become the great American goal-scoring player and be able to at least get the opportunities to play in Europe. So for me, he's the most important American soccer player of all time. Uh, and, of course, I'm sure you have some thoughts on that as well, along with uh, his time but with LA Galaxy from uh, when you were living down there in Los Angeles. Yeah, he's he's just a great guy. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, moving up here, um, you know, I, I talked to him about it. Um, you know, he, had, he gave us some great personal advice. He's, he's just a good guy. And, you know, I think, uh, I, I think it's just, you know, I, he, he's, he's funny and he, but he, you know, he's, he's an introvert and, you know, he talks about meditating. Uh, I, I think in our society, you know, we, we, we almost, you know, we, we worship people like, like the Jordans and Kobe's who are really good, fiery, competitive people, but you know, they're, they're, they're not really nice people. Um, you know, whereas Landon's just a nice guy. And I think people kind of, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, really want him to be this kind of raw, raw American, you know, wreck, burn, destroy, kill. And, and, and he's not. And I think people are uncomfortable with that. 
I think it's almost, um, yeah. y- you know, you'd almost think, oh, this is just going to sound terrible, but th- this, this, it just almost seems like, you know, like, like Michael Phelps, you know, getting in trouble with, with the DUI and, the, and stuff. I think people would be more comfortable if Landon Donovan had a DUI than if he had, you know, talked about meditating, the importance of meditation I'll, I'll in his life. Well, that last point, I'll disagree with you. Most of what you said is right. And I think Please, I, I, I want to be wrong on that. I do want to be wrong. Well, well yeah, I, think, I think you are. I think, but I think you know, most mm-hmm. of what you said is correct, though, especially with the, and I think it's a personality thing. We've got, and I, th- I don't think it's so much about being a nice guy as it is mm-hmm. where, with people, with these guys, so many athletes wanting to be personalities, okay, wanting to be celebrities. That's what I call, like I said, I call it the entertainmentization of sports, and it drives me back mm-hmm. because so many guys, they want to be, mm-hmm. they want to be like a Matthew McConaughey or some other A-list star, things like that. And Landon's not like that. And Mia Hamm was the same way. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. Landon in the room is different than he is in public. Mia certainly is. If you watch the 30 for 30 film uh, on the 99s, you see a very different Mia Hamm in the room with the team as opposed to what you saw in public. Uh, you know, people said it wasn't until after she married Nomar Garcia Parra that she really kind of let her personality show a little bit more from a public perspective. And she had said, mm-hmm. she had, and the players all said this when they were talking together in the film, how and she, they were all they all understood, and me understood, if she was the face of the team, there were certain things she had to do. It was kind of the way Gretzky said, you know, Wayne Gretzky once said that he wished the time he could be Charles Barkley and say the things Charles Barkley said, but he can't do that. You know, we, we see athletes like, you know, like Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, and, and others like this who want to be these big names, these big personalities, everything else. And I'm not saying they're being fake. That's not what I'm saying here. I mean, I love mm-hmm. I love Charles Barkley. I don't always agree with him, but I like the fact that he's going to say what he wants and let the chips fall away. But Landon's not like that. Liam was not like that, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that it's something that even even American hardcore American soccer fans they understand what the rest of the sports are like, and they see the people in the other sports with these outside personalities, these outside egos, and, and whatever the case may be, and. If, as you said, Landon's just not like that. And I know with, with uh, part of it is a soccer culture, part of it, as you said, is a personality. He is rather introverted, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just such a, no. it, it's such a, it's so different from what you're used to seeing uh, from professional athletes in the major sports, especially. You know, soccer guys aren't usually like that. I mean, there's a couple of things going. There's a couple of guys who have done some different things, uh, you know, outside of soccer, like some rap CDs and things like that, but you know, for the, you know, the major sports athletes, there's, this, there's more of this idea, it's kind of like it's kind of like with the pop singers, it's not enough just to be the, the singer, you've got to build this brand you know, to sell all these other products and everything else, and a lot of athletes think in those terms, especially since the advent of Michael Jordan, you know you, LeBron is certainly said that he aspired to be this global brand slash icon like Michael Jordan has become. And other guys see themselves too. And especially a sport like basketball, which has worldwide appeal, much like soccer has. It's, you, know, you see it in hockey and football too, but it's, it, those are, I should say, baseball and football too, but those are pretty much confined to the, for the most part uh, to the United States. I, I just think it's a case of you know, him being 
a different sort, uh, as you said, an introvert and not the kind of person to stand up and scream, look at me and do things like it. Even his tweets, right. you follow him on Twitter, his tweets are very modest. And, and so he'll, yeah, mm-hmm. he, when he was on TV during the World Cup, he didn't say anything really, you know, outrageous or anything. He was very calm uh, about the whole thing, didn't say anything that might, you know, might offend anybody. So he gave his opinion, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't like Charles Barkley, certainly. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, for the most part, your points your points are correct. I don't. I don't. I think uh, I, the, the you, know, you see Michael Phelps. He took a lot of heat when he was uh, when, for both of his DUI arrests. He took a lot of heat when those pictures of him uh, smoking a bong came up. So I don't think mm-hmm. uh, that that's. I don't think people would would like him more if he were doing outright. There might be some who would. Yeah, there's certainly a certain aspect of society that that thinks that kind of stuff is cool. Uh, but I don't think that would I, I think that would be more harmful uh, to him than it would be good as far as his image of society is concerned. Yeah, I, I think I might have mis misphrased that. Uh, I, I guess what I say is just that I think I think we're we're okay with athletes having failures, like personal failures, like you know, uh, like getting DUI or 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 you know so, something awful. Then then for a guy just to talk openly, contemplate about meditation. Well, it, it's it's different. That's different too, because you know, actually, when we look at a couple of things, you know, we're obviously this isn't like it was, say, prior prior to Watergate, where athletes' misdeeds off the field were were not talked about, were not reported on by the media. Certainly, uh, yeah. were you know, off. So we found out a lot more things now that we that we didn't know. We, but we we because of that we. Uh, I can't remember who had the phrase, I, um, but the, somebody said, once wrote or said, so we want our athletes to be good at life. Uh, and they, they don't always, it doesn't always work that way. They are human beings, with the, and they do have their failings right. and their shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, we've gone to a point now where, you know, obviously, they're under a lot more scrutiny, even for what they put mm-hmm. on social media, let alone if they get into any sort of trouble off. Field, uh, we're certainly all familiar with what uh, what has happened yeah. in the NFL recently, and, and we might as well go right into Hope Solo with that one as well, uh, you know, because yeah. the national women's national team has the Concacaf qualifying coming up here. Uh, Hope Solo was included in the team, uh, so as mm-hmm. so far as I know, she will be playing. And and as I said before, you know, she's not been convicted of anything. So as far as I'm concerned, no, and, and she maintains she she's maintains that she's innocent. Well, that that's her right. That is her right as an American. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as citizen, yeah. It applies that innocent until mm-hmm. proven guilty in the Constitution applies right. to all of us. And mm-hmm. it's, I talked about yeah. this before. It bothers me when people take professional athletes and want to say, in effect, "Hey, the rights the rest of us have under laws in this country don't apply to you." And it doesn't matter whether it's a criminal offense or in the case of free agency. You know, one of the things people talk about talk about for a long time when free agency first came into first world, and a lot of people still say is, hey, hey, why do you want to change team? What gives you the right to go and change team? You're already making all these millions of dollars. Well, guess what? If I want to change my job, I can. You want to change your job, you can. Aaron Andrews' contract ran out of ESPN. She went to Fox. Nobody said squat. Why is it athletes for, to so many people, why is it athletes don't have, should people feel that athletes should not have this right to seek out the best possible job deal for themselves when all the rest of us do. It's protected in the law. And the same thing applies in criminal cases. You hear all these people say, 
oh, you know, as soon as they get arrested, I'll throw them off the team, throw them out of the league, whatever the case may be. Well, guess what? You're, you, that's not how the, that's not how it works. Now, you know, there's a lot of people, and I talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, Christine Brennan, among others, bringing up, hey, why is it Hope Solo is getting a free pass from the media when all these other NFL guys haven't? Haven't? And but the couple of the differences in, in the case of Ray Rice, number one, he had gone to court. Number two, you had a story from ESPN's Outside the Lines, which said that the NFL and the Ravens were both actively petitioning the court to try to get the case expedited and cleared out of the way as quickly as possible to minimize publicity. Plus, we had the video evidence at, uh, after after much uh, much delay. So, and the same thing with um, I can't remember his name for the Carolina Panthers. He had been convicted, although he's appealing the conviction. You know, mm-hmm. Hope Solo has not had her day in court yet. That comes up after qualifying. Well, I mean, it's it's also they're trying to group it under domestic violence. And and what Hope Solo did, this is not a case of domestic violence. Yes, she did allegedly assault a family member. Uh, this is an estranged uh, nephew. Um, yes. So this is like this isn't like living with. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't like someone, you know, domestic, you know, abusing like a child or, or a spouse. It's yes, it is a family member. We don't know the details. We don't know the stories, but it's not the same. It's not the same thing as, as punching a person's wife. It's not, it's not the same thing. I'm well, not condoning it, oh, but it's it not up. the same thing. Oh, I'm looking at it. Well, it, it, there are, that's right. You, that does make a difference. It's not like she hit her husband, certainly. Uh, but what she has been, I'm looking or a child or someone who lived with her. Right. right. Yeah. This is, um, uh, going to the CNN's website. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find where the uh, the actual charge that's listed here. Um, uh, trying to find this here. Yeah, it's her. Ha- it's actually her half sister. Uh, her uh, her son. Um, so let's see if it. Uh, that doesn't say what the actual charge. It didn't show the actual charges listed. Let's see what that. Uh, well, domestic violence. No, it is according uh, domestic violence assault charges according to Kirkland Police Department. That's what CNN. So this is considered a domestic violence case, uh, based on oh. what the, this story on CNN is saying. Okay, I, I stand corrected. Yeah. Then I just I yeah, had but, assumed domestic violence well, again, meant again, it, someone it, that you live with a or a dependent. It, it's a well. Yeah, it's a blood relative, so I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but uh, mm-hmm. the, whatever statute is in place in the city of Kirkland, mm-hmm. Washington, that's also considered domestic. I know we, we but you, you make a point, I know your point is that this is not uh, a spousal thing necessarily, uh, because if you remember just before Hope married Jeremy Stevens, he was accused of assaulting her, although he was never charged yes. with anything uh, in right. the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is that is considered a domestic violence case. But, again, my, my point is, hey, she has not been convicted, and you know, right. so there was some criticism that was finally voiced about the fact that her court date isn't until after CONCACAF qualifying. Well, as far yeah. as I know, and unless somebody's got evidence to the contrary, nobody from U.S. soccer, the NWSL, or Seattle Reign went to the court and, made, and tried to petition them to get this case delayed, unlike, what, unlike the ESPN Outside the Lines report says about Ray Rice's case. 
So the fact that it's happened, the fact that the trial is not happening until after qualifying, is just the way the court docket lined up. You know, no, there's no wrongdoing right. on anybody's part that I'm aware of. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, you and the, know, and the, you know, and next year is the World Cup, so it's not like these are. It's not like the United States right now, where at the beginning at the World Cup cycle, where you know you can't put in, you, you know, a, not your number one goalkeeper. You know, it's not just that she needs practice; she needs to get to you know familiar with the back line, you know, get get familiar with the team, etc. So, you know, it's not like yeah, this is it, a willy-nilly decision to keep her in. No, it, it, it's not. Certainly, I'm sure there was discussed. I would have to think it was discussed at length. And uh, Graham Hayes mm-hmm. uh, on com. in fact, he did a, a story on what's going, you know, the, what's up, the questions facing the team. And that's obviously uh, a question that's going to come up, and I'm sure it's going to be asked. And uh, certainly, though, the qualifying, at least on paper, is probably mm-hmm. not going to be that difficult. The teams, the teams mm-hmm. they're playing against, according to the article from uh, Graham Hayes, the United States has outscored these teams 303 to 13 over the years. Okay, against all these, they're playing it. Trinidad and Tobago, Guatemala, and Haiti, uh, Costa Rica, Jamaica, yeah. Martinique, and Mexico. Now, I know Mexico did win that game four years ago and forced the United States into that one-game playoff to get into the World Cup. But uh, on the other hand, they're not they're not facing Canada, obviously, which would be their toughest opponent because Canada is the host. They're automatically qualified. Right. Uh, so this is this is not something uh, that should be troubling for the United States uh, uh, in terms of uh, getting through and qualifying. Certainly, uh, Graham talks about the possibility of because of the easy competition, whether or not Ashlyn Harris of Washington Spirit, who's right now the second choice, might get a game at some point. Um, because I'm mm-hmm. sure that uh, I'm sure they have to. That Jill Ellis has to think at some point. Okay. What happens if Hope is convicted? What are mm-hmm. U.S. soccer going to do? And mm-hmm. you know, obviously we aren't going to know that until at least November, maybe further, depending on mm-hmm. how long U.S. soccer decides to make a decision, if indeed that is the case. So mm-hmm. it's it, – but, um, you know, people talk about distractions, uh, but I don't – I think – these players have been around enough to know that okay, you, this is, if, if you're letting that kind of stuff get to you and you're thinking about this, there's an issue there inside your between your right. own ears. Because uh, I and I know the media people are going to ask about it a lot, certainly. And uh, but this this is one time where th- th- if they could do it, Jill Ellis should bring in Bill Belichick and train them on what <laughs> how to handle this, how to stay. How to say nothing in about uh, in about six in about six different ways? I mean, Belichick and Tom Brady; mm-hmm. these guys could say less in more words than half a dozen people running for governor. Okay, it's it's Jordan <laughs> has what these guys do. It's yeah. amazing, and maybe maybe they need to trade some of these players uh, because there's a few. You know, Hope Solo certainly uh, has never been shy about speaking your mind either verbally or on mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, yes, Cindy LaRue is certainly an outsized personality, although the fact that they're not playing Canada might make a difference, you because know, she's having been born there. She's got that little thing going with them. But this is this is a case where, where you know, the players should be, I would think the players should be professional threats. Hey, forget all about that stuff. It doesn't matter right now. Let's go out there and play, get through, and not worry about it until next year. Well, I I, uh, I knew I know we're talking national team here, but I, I want to talk about Columbus Crew. So, um, can we, can we, uh, can we come back to this? 
But um, I, I, do you want anything else you want to talk about national team? I mean, we haven't actually talked about the game yeah, well, tonight. Well, the other well, well, we'll get to that. So, but the other thing I wanted to bring up, of course, mm-hmm. the, I think what might I think if there's going to be anything that might affect players a little bit more uh, than hope so is is the lawsuit. Uh, uh, against uh, FIFA and, and, and yeah. soccer association yeah. regarding the use of artificial turf because it's it's been for the most part the American players who've been at it. I know Nat, uh, Nadine Anger, the German national goalkeeper, has been very vocal about it as well. But it's mostly it's the American players who are in it. I think this that to me is going to be more of an issue that might weigh on minds than Hope Solo. I don't think Hope Solo is going to be that much of a an issue for them to deal with. But the the, the artificial turf lawsuit is going to be the the one thing that I think is something that's going to weigh on players' minds, especially what, assuming they do qualify. Uh, now, and understand, I'm with the players. They're 100% right on this. I am not sure where they stand from a legal standpoint because they're referring to uh, anti-discrimination laws in the Canadian Charter on Human Rights. Now, I have no not being a lawyer, I have no clue how those laws would apply to a sporting event like this. I've been in touch with a uh, a friend of mine in uh, near Hamilton who does uh, a lot of media work at Tracy Bezos. She works mostly in covering football. But I reached out to her trying to find someone uh, who is an attorney in Canada who will hopefully get on the show and maybe tell us, okay, how can they, how, where do they stand legally and this, can they win? Well, how would this apply to a sporting event? Because I don't know. I haven't read the Canadian Charter uh, on, on human rights or anything like that, so I don't know. But as I say, you know, the, the players I think are right, and I, somebody wrote about this, and I can't remember who it was. I wish I could, and I do apologize. But somebody wrote, "Hey, you know, Sepp Blatter has openly talked about North America hosting the World Cup again in 2026, and there have been stories saying Canada might seek the tournament 2026." Somebody said, "Okay, fine." Has the Canadian Soccer Association bid for the World Cup in 2026 with artificial turf in the equation? See how far they get. Okay, the, the answer is nowhere. <laughs> that just won't happen. But so right. these players, the, 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 the players that they have, I'm hoping their lawyers are dynamite lawyers because that's, uh, winning a court case is the only way you're going to force FIFA's hand at this. Look at what happened with the cooling breaks in Brazil. That's a court order to get that in place. So that's going to be the only way you're going to force FIFA's hand in this situation. And I'll admit, uh, other, and other people said there's Grand Wall among them, that you're putting grass over turf is not ideal certainly it's better but it's not an ideal situation uh from, from right. a playing standpoint from the from a surface standpoint as well but that's the only that is what they did at the uh in the 94 world cup in detroit at the uh Silver that's Dome. right they did. I, but that was a different kind of artificial turf remember that was just the fuzzy green parking lot it wasn't the infield stuff that yeah, we see now where it, it's a little it's a little different uh and certainly uh from you know, a playing perspective, uh, I'm sure they'd rather play on that than the turf, even if it is a bit, uh, you know, it's not the ideal surface. But that's the only thing that's going to change FIFA's mind is, is to go and, and win, win in court sometime between now and then. I don't know how much uh, time it would take to actually put in those grass fields. But the players, what's going to happen with the players is they're going to be faced, they're probably going to be faced with a choice. And can understand Nobody has talked about boycotting the tournament that I'm aware of. And I don't think they would. And it's, that's a no-win situation right there because all you're doing, any player decides not to play is just depriving themselves. You know, they aren't going to change Seth's mind. I remember Seth, 
Chefs don't think they should be out there in tighter shorts, okay? Let's, let's not forget that part about, of this equation, too. But, you know, the players are going to be basically they're going to be put in a situation, hey, they got to go play on it uh, unless they win in court. And it, it, it's sad that they have to do this. I'm, you know, NWSL is a different set of circumstances. You know, they're, they don't, NWSL doesn't have millions of dollars lying around where they can go rent places with grass fields, okay? Just not, just not financially feasible. They, for the most part, have to play on rugs at NWSL. This is a different story altogether. You know, you're dealing with an organization could easily write a check to put in grass for all the venues and be done with it, but they're not, but they're not doing that. At least right now, they're not doing that. So now on to the crew. Yeah, I was definitely planning on bringing the crew up on a couple <laughs> different fronts. Number one, yeah, uh, I, def- I definitely have to ask you. Uh, mm-hmm. re- uh, Nick Schwartz on For the Win, which is part of USAToday.com, uh, says they've uh, that for the most part the new logos were received very, very well. Even Grant Wall tweeted that. Uh, the new Columbus Crew logo makes me want to eat a bratwurst. So I'm assuming you've seen it. What's your take? <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, I think it's awesome um, because um, you know I mean I think part of this might be just kind of a letdown with the new MLS logo. Um, so I was I like what they are doing uh, with with that. Uh, I like I like the uh, the gold gold and black. I like that. Um, and, and then. I think right now I'm just kind of a big fan of the crew, just what they've done. I think Greg Berhalter has been fantastic in his first season. They have a salary cap that I don't know if my math is right on this, but I believe they have less salary on their books than Chivas USA does. And they are, yes, they're in the fifth spot, but they're going to probably make the playoffs. They're likely going to make the playoffs. And uh, that, that's, I think that's incredible. A first-year coach. Well, they no, took so, a big like, step towards that. About ben Olsen. Ben Olsen was there last year. Was that? I said they took a big step, sorry, step towards that by beating Philadelphia last weekend. Well, and that's the funny thing. I was watching the game uh, at an airport, and then I had the board, and I, um, I, was, just, I was just about ready to get on the plane when, um, when Wenger scored that last goal. And I thought, well, this game's over. And so then I land, and I'm like, oh, my God, they came back. <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't really yeah, have any uh, strong opinions about that. I, mean, I don't think it's the greatest logo ever, but I certainly don't think so. I've certainly seen worse. I, I'm excited to see. Um, now, I guess, that, are they going to have new kits next year? Are they going to change the kits around? I'm guessing they will, uh, since they, they, they can do that. I mean, it's, the shirt design can change every year, uh, but the logo that certain over years kind of like the NFL, the NBA, the yeah. And Major League Baseball. I'm guessing there'll be some kind of redesign of the kit. I'm going to assume they're going to stay with the all gold kit uh, for the most part, like they have been for a number of years now. But yeah, I do like the logo as well. I was never a big fan of the original one, and uh, it's funny you mentioned about the MLS logo because that was something that uh, that Nick Schwartz mentioned in his column as well. And unlike the new MLS logo, the the, the new crew logo has been getting some very positive reviews. I said I I really like it for a fact it has it has a more European flavor to it although somebody had somebody had a great line if they mentioned part of the, the checkerboard part of the logo it reminded them a little bit of Heidek uh, Split uh, the Croatian club uh, which has a red that's checkerboard my, that's my Croatian club. team I went to a, I went to a soccer yes. game with a bunch of uh, Heidek Split guys and I, it was a blast I love those guys okay well. 
Well, it's funny. Somebody redid that Hayek Split logo, except they changed it to Hayek Split for Frankie Hayek. That is clever. Very cool. Very, very clever. Yeah. yeah, I do. I like the more European flavor to it. The, the thing that kind of surprised me, though, is the fact that they went with FC for soccer club rather than football mm-hmm. club. So yeah. you've got, so yeah. now you've got a couple of clubs. You've got, you know, you've got Dallas, uh, New York City, Orlando City, uh, Portland, uh, Seattle, Toronto, and Vancouver all going with FC. But for the most part, this Chicago and Columbus, the only ones going with soccer club. I just, that was the only thing I found a little bit strange uh, about the whole about the logo. But otherwise, yeah. otherwise I like it. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Can I ask you a question? And, yeah. So, um, you, you know, you've been to Coos Stadium, right? Oh yeah, many many times. Yeah. And um, you know, are there any alcohol uh like I don't know, um I don't know, placards or advertising there? I'm like for beer, like Budweiser I or I think there I think there are yeah, there are Budweiser signs, although those will be gone mm-hmm. uh for those of you here. Uh Heineken starting next year will be the oh, so I was wondering about that. Cause see, yeah. Because, like yeah, the Timbers have that. like a promotion with a with a local microbrew. And I'm wondering, you know, with this, this this Heineken thing, does that mean that they have to get rid of them? Because it's actually like, yeah, you good, know, good, like good question. Because I know the microbrewery thing is is fairly big up there in the Pacific Northwest, so that will be interesting yeah. to see how that works. But I know, yeah, they do have mm-hmm. Budweiser signs inside of Crew Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the mm-hmm. on the permanent sign is it's up on, in, on the the facing of the the second tier, uh, all on three mm-hmm. three on the on the southeast and west side. Uh, I don't believe it's mm-hmm. a liquor sponsor, but yeah, those signs will. Sh- I'm guessing will change for next year. And uh, you know, and it's I funny you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, like, because this got me thinking. I I, I I've been to a couple MLS games, not not a whole lot, um, and I've never seen a Nike sign except for when the national team plays, um, like anywhere. And I'm or, wondering, or, is that just or because? Right. When they play, well, because, when you know, yeah, when they're all playing CONCACAF Champions League, Nike is a CONCACAF mm-hmm. sponsor, so you see Nike signs for them for, yeah. during those matches as well. And so I'm wondering, I mean, I assume that's just a conscious thing from, from Major League Soccer saying, look, we're partnering with Adidas. We're, you know, advertising Adidas. We're not going to. But, right, exactly. you know, yeah, you true. never that's know. You, well, you see that all around the world with the other clubs. You know, they're, they're whatever, whoever mm-hmm. outfits them, that's what that goes on there on the signboards. Uh, you know, there's a, that's an exclusive, ex, uh, exclusive deal. Again, this beer thing, though, is a little different uh, because of the microbrew factor with, uh, with uh, the use of the, the Portland has. And uh, so that, that'll be interesting to see how that's going to work because that's, that's a little different than, than an Adidas Nike uh, uh, thing, certainly, because you don't have uh, you know, some little company doing uh, your local company doing their own little soccer kits, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, and it's funny, so you I just want to get you, that in. You mentioned, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the beer angle and uh, out at, at Cal State on uh, Dominguez Hills. Uh, mm-hmm. That act would would be a college campus. That actually came up this past weekend on outside the lines because they were talking about. Well, they were. Well, oh, really? Michigan and West Virginia. They were because West Virginia 
whose athletic director is Oliver Luck, who, remember, used to work for Houston Dynamo, okay, and right. Andrew Luck's father, too, which caused another gray hair to pop into my head. But it's like West Virginia <laughs> sold alcohol. West Virginia is one of a handful of schools to lock all their games. Michigan will not do it. They branded their athletic director said it, it said it will. So that it's interesting that you bring that up uh, because they are the they are the only MLS team on a college campus. Now I know, I remember in the in the 1990s when the Cleveland Crunch were playing in the National Professional Soccer League indoors, they were playing at Cleveland State, but they were able to get an exemption to sell beer for their games. Uh, yeah, I don't know if the LA Galaxy has ever pursued such a thing or not, or whether or not Cal State would be uh, uh, um, open to hearing that sort of thing. But I just find it interesting that, that, that you mentioned that and that story comes out. You know, especially at Division One level, these schools are so desperate for revenue; they're looking to go into that area uh, of revenue raising, even though you're dealing with, at least as far as the student body is concerned, a large percentage of people who legally can't buy the stuff. Uh, so then it'd be interesting to see if LA Galaxy has ever thought of maybe looking into trying to get some sort of exemption uh, for the stadium uh, because to, to get around that restriction they're facing because of the fact they're on a college campus. Right. Yeah, that would that would be that would be an interesting story to see. Again, this is he's Matt Hoffman. I'm pleased to attend to Stephen Brand on vacation this week. This is the Yellow Card Podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. Then you got our sponsors, Global Scarves. You can find them online, globalscarves.com. And all, uh, they also they are partnered with the American Outlaws. So if you want an American Outlaws scarf, there's the place to get it, globalscarves.com. And you can follow them on Twitter as well, at Global Scarves. We're on Twitter, Yellow Carded, uh, Yellow Carded Pod. Uh, you can find us on Twitter as well. Uh, another, thing, another thing that came out, a couple of things came up this week, fortunately before the show happened, First of all, something I've been speculating about for quite some time. Former Celtic manager Neil Lennon is now in charge at Bolton Wanderers, who are currently in the championship second tier. And honestly, this was something, that, as I said, it had been talked about for some time. Even before he left Celtic, it had been talked about when, or when is he going to make a move to the Premier League because he, you know, he was facing a time, you know, period where Celtic faced no opposition whatsoever. Uh, until Rangers finally went worked their way back up, which may be next year. But he finally decided enough was enough, and now he's in, in England at Bolton. I, the, the surprise to me was the fact that he went to a second-tier club rather than wait for a Premier League opening. Uh, certainly sooner or later the axe is going to fall on some Premier League manager. Uh, you know, a lot of people a lot of people in black and white stripes have been hoping it would be Alan Pardew, but that hasn't happened yet. But does it surprise you that that he decided to go to a second tier club rather than wait for a Premier League opening? Um, you know, I don't really know him very well. I don't, I don't really know the situation there. Um, yeah. You know, it sounds to me like you know he, he's he's relatively young, um, and I think yeah. you know I think he sounds very ambitious. And I think at some point, you know, it's kind of you know I, I, this is hard for me to speak of from a, coming from American perspective, but. Uh, you know, building up a club and building it and getting it promoted—that sounds like that would be kind of a rush. I think, and I think that for a person like him, that 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 would suit his ambition really well. That's and then good, not just to get point. promoted, but to stay up. Yeah, you and you make a good point there with him still being pretty young. Uh, I'll have to look up his age there, but the ambitious part as well—the uh, fact that you you got a team 
that's you know been down. They've been. This is where let's see. It's like their second or third year out of the top flight, and uh, you did. They were in there for quite some time. Uh, yeah, he's, well, he's full, he turned 43 back in June. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's pretty young for a, a manager at this level especially. So, yeah, you could be right. See, hey, I've got time. I could settle in here. If they give me the time, uh, I can get this club back up. Uh, certainly it would, be, it would be a great challenge, although they, they've been there before. They, they stayed up there for quite some time, uh, especially when, uh, when Sam Allardyce was in, uh, was in charge as well. But uh, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that works, uh, how long he gets, and how long it'll take him to get both to back up to the top flat to look up and uh, uh, see where they stand uh, as far as uh, the the uh, championship is concerned. Let me type that in here. This, these new names for these the divisions still confuse the heck out of me. I'm sorry. The, the, oh, the championship. Of the second tier. I'm, I'm still yeah. not used to that, but uh, I did right. find ESPNFC.com. Uh, right. uh, there is. Yeah, right now. Um, let's see. Whoops! If I can scroll on the right page. Um, okay. Wait, let's. All right. Let's. All right. Where is Bolton? I do not see them here. What's that? Heck? Oh. Okay, they're, right now they're at the bottom. They are de- they are dead last uh, with only five points and a minus thirteen goal difference. Yeah, he's fa- he's facing a challenge uh, certainly. A, he's got a long way to go. I mean, they're they're you know, they're five points uh, you know behind. Uh, they need five more points just to get out of the relegation spot. That's going to be a tough uh, tough load for him. But uh, as you said, he's still young. And so you know, if mm-hmm. they give him time, uh, he, I think he's got the, I think he's capable of getting them there if he gets enough time. But looking at it right now, you're talking a, this is a, you know, this is a long-term project, and certainly uh, to get from the, right now they're facing a fight just to make sure they don't drop down to Division One. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a pretty long fight they've got to go through. To get there, so we'll we'll have to see if uh, let, how much uh, uh, how much time uh, Neil Lennon gets there at Bolton. Uh, again, it, it's a club that they've been there before, uh, so certainly mm-hmm. they, they they could get there again. Uh, but Neil Lennon is going to be the could be the man that takes them there. And the other fun things that have been going on, European qualifying is going on. Uh, there have been some interesting results uh, so far. Uh, yeah, get out those Iceland jerseys. Germany, yeah, it was, today was a good day for, for Irish. If you're Irish, it was a good day no matter which side you came from. Uh, Republic of Ireland beat uh, – uh, Republic of Ireland got a 1-1 draw with Germany. Uh, well, um, where did it go? No, that was there in a different uh, – uh, I should say, they're in a different group. But uh, Northern Ireland also won today as well. But some of these results uh, have been – have been cra- have been a little bit crazy. Poland uh, last week uh, beat Germany two nil. Uh, admittedly, that was in Warsaw, but Germany got a one one draw against the Republic of Ireland today. Uh, Scotland got a draw in Poland as well. So you're looking at Poland at the time, Republic of Ireland at the top of the group with seven points each. 
Germany and Scotland with four. And even Georgia have three points. Georgia uh, got a win. Um, where was uh, I, I scrolled right past it. Uh, where did they get there? Where they, they, well, they beat Gibraltar today 3-0. Uh, Gibraltar's at the foot of the table. But, yeah, this, you know, a lot of people are already starting to wonder, uh, you know, what happened with Germany. They just won the World Cup, and now look at it struggling against teams they should be beating easily. But that, yep. that's what happened. <laughs> Sorry, I got nothing. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm try I'm trying to get to these other tables, and my uh, my internet connection is not letting me do so. <laughs> I hate mm-hmm. it when this happens. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, I got home, tried to get online, and wasn't letting me connect. Trying to reboot my. Uh, fortunately, fortunately, I've stayed online to keep the uh, keep this online as well. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, I definitely, definitely, Matt Hoff, I just want to thank you for coming on and talking here for this hour. Again, this is the uh, Yellow Carded Podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. Pleasure, thank by you. Global Scarves. Uh, Matt, it, it, Matt is now enjoying himself in the uh, Pacific Northwest, and uh, I hope you I hope you remember to buy, buy yourself some rain gear when you got up there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I, 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 I um, a lot of, lot of dust uh, on these boxes, but yep, um, yeah, in fact, uh, we just had our first rain uh, yesterday. It was wonderful. Yeah. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Really no, I should also Charles say I come from the land of California where there's been a huge drought. So. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe in, after I'd ten like more months reading. of this, I'll be. Yeah, I remember the late Charles Kowal at CBS News in his book A Life of the World wrote about the opposite effect. He had he spent a lot of time in Brazil when he was when he was working as the Latin American correspondent for CBS News back in the sixties. I know, and we moved back to the state. They sent him to Los Angeles to work out there. And of course, he bought he had bought all this furniture that was very you know very heavy wood. It was you know used to the, the the humid air. And then he gets to California where it's so dry out there. And he said he'd spend nights listening to the, the wood cracking as it dried out uh, overnight uh, in the dry air out, out in the south uh, in Southern California. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely quite a contrast from a. Uh, from a weather perspective, a humidity perspective, whatever the case may be. But hopefully uh, you'll enjoy yourself up there. And uh, you certainly got a chance mm-hmm. to enjoy a lot of great soccer up there with the Cascade, with all the Cascadia teams up there. Uh, it, it's got it's something I, I would I would love to get up there and catch one of those games one of these days. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hoot. It really is. So don't forget, uh, you can catch us online. Uh, Matt, Matt's on our Twitter. Uh, M. Hoff, M-H-O-F-F, very Eight. easy. Uh, the Yellow Carter Thank Podcast, you. also on Twitter, at Yellow Carter Pod, uh, where you'll be able to find me and Steven and uh, various others, uh, gypsy, various other gypsies, tramps, and thieves, if I may uh, channel here a little bit there. Uh, again, also Friday, 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, also here on Blog Talk Radio, Happy Hour Network. We'll be re air we'll be rerunning the show and I thank uh Nikki X Sports Radio for uh and Ted Hicks for helping us out there and uh putting us on there as well. We'll be back next week, uh, again Tuesday, seven PM US Eastern time. Uh Stephen Brant will be back and uh I'm sure uh, he'll have something to say uh to add as far as uh Neil Lennon being a new manager over at Bolts and Wanderers, uh, since he is a big time Celtic supporter as well. Uh, Matt, if you want to come back on next week, you're always welcome. You know that. <laughs> Thank you. So, Appreciate that. So, again, the little, 
Well, this is Keith Kilkenna for the Yellow Carter Podcast uh, saying uh, good evening, and we will catch you next Tuesday right here on Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.